Supercoach 365 podcast coming at you ahead of round number four. Almost a month gone. Ryan Selvage here with you tonight. No Tommy Hudson. He's caught up doing, I don't know what he's doing, but he can't make it here tonight anyway. So flying solo tonight and we'll chat all the team list news, trade activity and answer your questions as we usually do as well. So we're going to push on. A little bit different format tonight. Now, before we do get into it, uh, a reminder to follow us across the socials at Supercoach365 if you are listening on your podcasts as well. Uh, give us a five-star review, a thumbs up, a like, a follow, all of that. Uh, and if you are watching on YouTube, please hit the subscribe button. We are closing in on, uh, I think, close to 700 subscribers. We want to get over 1,000 uh, before the end of the season. So be so kind as to hit subscribe, leave your comments as well, and we'll get back to you before uh, lockout on Thursday night. Now, some news before we do get into uh, the fourth week of the competition and chatting all the games uh, to come this weekend. The big news is Nico Hines is back for the Sharks, and he will line up on Sunday night, so we're led to believe in that Crosstown uh, derby against the Dragons. Uh, big news for Supercoach. Uh, the best player in the game last season returns here in round number four. So he looks to have recovered from that calf injury, which kept him out of the opening three weeks, but he will be back here. Uh, and don't the Sharks need him? They were pretty disappointing against the Raiders last week. Uh, good news for the Sharks, not so good news for the Cowboys, another top four team from last season. They're going to be without uh, Reuben Cotter for a couple of weeks. Um, NRL Physio reporting that he has uh, some sort of meniscus strain or a tear even, so he could be out for up to three weeks, and usually that sort of injury requires surgery as well. So not good news for the Cowboys, who are like the Sharks. They've continued to struggle uh, in the opening three weeks of the competition. Uh, some good news, though, for super coaches at least, is Bryce Cartwright has been named uh, to start again here in the first game of the week, which we'll get to very soon. The Eels and the Panthers. Uh, Ryan Madison back, which sees Matt Dury relegated to the bench, although geez, he looked to have suffered a pretty nasty injury himself. Left the field uh, in, I think it was the second half against the Seagulls the other night. Uh, the NRL physio was reporting suspected ACL, or at least a kneecap dislocation. So the fact that he's been named to play the next week, I find it a little bit confusing, surprising uh, as well. So just keep an eye on that in the lead-up to kickoff on Thursday night. As you can see, for those watching on the YouTube tonight, um, my rank from last week, it's, I actually copped some red arrows. Uh, 1,105, my score from round number three. I actually thought that was quite... Uh, Quite good compared to a lot of others in my leagues. So, so I was I was genuinely shocked that I saw red arrows on uh, Monday morning when lockout ended. Tommy, uh, he's actually in front of me. So I think my overall score is three thousand three hundred and fifteen, well inside the top one percent. Um, but Tommy three three one nine. So between us, over the course of three weeks, there's four points which separates us, which is pretty exciting. Uh, we're off to a good start here. Uh, to kick us off in the new season. As we say, proudly brought to you again this year by topsport.com.au. If you are having a play on the footy this weekend, or you know, any time throughout the year really, do so at topsport.com.au. You can use the code SCOACH365 when you sign up. If you haven't already signed up, I'd be shocked if you hadn't because one of the best bookies in the country. Um, but if you are going to sign up, use that code SCOACH365 uh, tell them that we sent you there, and uh, they'll look after you well and truly. 
All right, let's talk a bit of footy uh, and some team lists uh, news as well. The first game, like we say, the Panthers, they head to Parramatta to take on the Eels, who are still winless, um, winless, dating back to as far as last year's grand final. Uh, first time we see these two teams go together since that night in October last year. Uh, for the team list, as we say, Ryan Madison is back. Uh, Jack Murchie, he's out as well as uh, Dury relegated to the bench. Murchie with a head knock. Um, and for the Panthers, look, it's it's pretty much the team that you'd expect to see here. Uh, Scott Sorensen is back from a head knock, which sees Matty Eisenhuth back to 18th man. Uh, Supercoach sense. Look, I guess the news from last week around the Eels was uh, Jermaine Hopgoat. I think he's been relegated back to Hop Good. At times, he was Hop Shit. Um, obviously, he had a rough night. And for those who captained him last week, it was pretty disappointing as well. So if you managed to not captain Hopgood last week, it was getting to that point, wasn't it, where even though it was a Thursday fixture, you suddenly had to start to consider him as a serious option, uh, even against the likes of Tommy Turbo and Ruben Garrick away from home. Uh, He holds that 13 jersey, which is impressive. I think he deserves to. After what we've seen from him to start the year, Ryan Madison named on the edge, importantly there. Uh, News around Nathan Cleary. Now, for those who held him after the buy and, and intend to do so until the origin period, I think he's got a pretty high break-even. Um, let me look that up while I talk. But would you would you sell Cleary? I don't think you would. If, you, if you're still holding him at this point of the year after the buy, knowing that they have a, a good run through until um, that round 13 buy, which Penrith will have, uh, I think you just have to hold him for now. So I'd be keeping, on, uh, keeping hold of Nathan Cleary. Um, some other supercoach relevant names there for the Panthers, probably Stephen Crichton. I'm not sure if he's break even, but coming off an 80-point uh, score last time out. So uh, look for him to do good things here again. Um, what do I think of this game as, as to who will win? Uh, Parramatta getting an 8.5-point start. I think at home, they're going to be desperate. Um, I think that's probably a little bit too much. Panthers, they haven't been as free-flowing as clinical as the Panthers that we've come to expect in recent seasons. So two teams here desperate to right their, their ways um, after look below par starts of the season from them both. Oh, give me the points in this game. I'm happy to be with Parramatta with the start here. Uh, looking to the next game on Friday, uh, the first game on Friday night, the first of two, Melbourne Storm back at home, and don't they need to find something back at home against the West Tigers, who themselves struggled at Belmore last weekend. I think the way that the Storm lost last week was really disappointing. Uh, led 24 points to 12. They conceded a try right on the stroke of half time and two quick ones on the other side of the break, and uh, they lost the game that they really should have wrapped up there. Rarely do you see Melbourne do that. Now, as we go to air tonight, uh, the judiciary is is well underway. Jerome Hughes, uh, he will he's seeking that uh, dangerous contact charge to be downgraded against Tanner Boyd. So, still waiting for news there. Uh, we'll update you as that comes to hand tonight. So, he is named in jersey number seven. The big news that he's that he will be partnered by Cameron Munster, who returns at five eighth. Uh, so we're led to believe at this point. Anyway, Tyrone Wishart retains that 14 jersey, uh, and in the extended reserves, Jonah Pezzett drops back to jersey number 22 after his starring role on <coughs> excuse me on debut uh, against the Titans last week. So Jerome Hughes there in seven. Pezzett could very easily come back in. Uh, I would expect him to. 
Looking at the rest of the bench there, Alec McDonald, Tarek Sims, Bronson Garlic. I, I think that Pezet would come back into this team if Hughes was to be found uh, guilty and, and to be suspended later tonight. Otherwise, Will Warbrick, uh, Supercoach relevant player, retains his spot on the wing despite some underwhelming performances. Um, I think George Jennings is getting close, so keep an eye on that in the weeks to come. He may be replaced there. So I think Warbrick's still got a break even around 16 or 17. He just needs one try. He just needs one try. We saw what happened with Carm Pereira uh, last week, and suddenly he's got a massive break, uh, negative break even again this week. So I wouldn't be tempted to, to trade these guys out yet. We said a couple of weeks ago, hang on, the tries will come and the points will uh, flow on the back of that. For the Tigers, look, they were terrible against the Dogs the other day. They rallied late, but I think that game, uh, the Bulldogs had clocked off late in that second half. Um, a lot of the points came off the back of Brandon Wakem coming into the team, and that's where he starts. Uh, started off the bench last week, but he will wear the six uh, here against the Storm. Adam Dewey, another supercoach relevant name, owned by about 30% of all supercoaches. He will uh, be moved back to fullback with Luke Brooks still in jersey number seven. Isaiah Papali'i is back for the Tigers. That'll help their cause. And John Bateman uh, still on an edge with Fanua Bole uh, in jersey 13. And on the bench, Dane Laurie is partnered by Alex Twall, Sean Bloor, and Alex Seifarth. So, look, another game here, which on paper you just you just think the Melbourne Storm going off past history, but it's going to be tricky, I think, for the Storm to get up here. Um, they're really missing the likes of uh, the Bromwich brothers and uh, Felice Cafusi as well. I think everyone thought when they moved on to the Dolphins that there would just be that next wave of stars being unearthed by Craig Bellamy and the Melbourne Storm. Just taking a little bit more time than, than they would be hoping for. I guess the shining light amongst the poor performances of late has been Harry Grant. Scored 105 on the weekend, which if you're an owner and, and you captain him, you would have been very, very happy about and very happy if you didn't loop Tom Trevojevic uh, early on Thursday with 103 against the Eels. Just looking here, topsport.com. .au. Now, this game is currently suspended uh, in terms of the betting as we go to air, as Jerome Hughes, as we say, is at the judiciary. So those markets will change whether Hughes is in or out. Could be close to $1.90 if he's out, I think. I think it would almost be a toss of the coin job, and the Tigers would be looking to bounce back here. So we'll check in that at the back end of the podcast when we know more about Jerome Hughes. Also on Friday, now this is the blockbuster game, isn't it? The Battle of Brisbane Derby uh, with the Dolphins, the undefeated Dolphins. The best club in the history of all time. Uh, undefeated, that is 100% winning rate. The Dolphins, look, they'll probably face their toughest test here against the Broncos, who in the space of nine minutes last week against the Dragons put on 22 points with... Uh, no small thanks to the man who wears the number one, Reese Walsh, and he will figure heavily in trade discussions tonight. Uh, still no Corey Oates, of course. He'll be missing four uh, weeks on end still, so Jesse Arthurs holds that place on the left wing. Ezra Mim and Adam Reynolds in the halves. Look, this Broncos team, it looks really settled at the moment besides that injury to Oates. I, I don't see this changing a hell of a lot outside of injury and suspension this year. This looks like a team that can really challenge for the top four, inspired by Payne Haas and Paddy Carrigan up front. They're doing uh, great things, excuse me. For the Dolphins, though, uh, news just in that Felice Kalfusi will miss the next four weeks. Uh, he was uh, unsuccessful in his 
uh, attempt to get that charge downgraded. So Kafusi gone for four, which is a real shame because he has been one of their best, if not their best player in the opening three weeks of the competition. Uh, still here on the Supercoach, relevant names from the Dolphins, the Hammer. Pumped out of 55 the other day. I think he's still got a, a negative break-even score. We'll check that. Yes, negative five break-even. He's already made 95K uh, with a score, a projected score of 49 this week. He's probably looking to make close to another 50,000. So if you've missed the boat on Hammer, if you haven't traded him in yet, there's still time. There's still time, but tough game here against the Broncos. Same for Jermaine Asako. I think you'd be... Um, wishing that you went on those those two particularly in recent weeks. Tessie knew probably the one that, that on the back of that 100 last week scored a hat-trick. You could probably expect more from Tessie in the weeks to come in terms of um, some cash generation there. Uh, Tommy Gilbert, a good score last week. I think he got about a 67. So justifying um, the price of those who bought him in. He looked, I won't say underwhelming in the first two weeks, but last week was a real sign of what Tom Gilbert can do. Silenced a lot of critics last week, I feel. Uh, Conley Lemuelu, rather, uh, he gets the start in Jersey 12 with Kenny Bromwich. This is before the suspension even to Felice. Uh, Kenny was named in the prop uh, forward position. So, I mean, looking at the, the makeup of the bench here, I'd probably expect Kenny to shift back to an edge and Jared Wallace to start in the front row or even a Mark Nichols. So, um, Kenny named in 10, but oh, I wouldn't be shocked if he plays on an edge there. Now, we said this would be the Dolphins' toughest test. Uh, the bookies at topsport.com.au expecting it to be exactly that. So they're actually the home team here. Dolphins, $3.65 head-to-head. The Broncos, $1.28. Uh, the Dolphins are getting a plus-12 start. So, yeah. I think that that news of the suspension to Felice Cafusi has just shifted that market slightly. I think this is about a 10.5-point start before he was named out. So... One and a half point uh, sway there towards the Broncos uh, here, dollar twenty six. As we say, topsport.com.au. Now Saturday afternoon, footy. Uh, we'll check in here. The first game. There is only two games. It looks to be this Saturday. Uh, we may get three games on a Sunday with the Warriors to host the Bulldogs over there. So just two games on Saturday. The Cowboys and the Titans. <laughs> the Titans look as we said about the Storm. They they found a way to. Uh, lose the unlosable. Well, maybe the Titans found the way to win the unwinnable at 24 points to 12 down in that heat. Uh, inspired by AJ Brimson uh, in no small part. Uh, Kieran Foran surprisingly spent a lot of time off the field. Tanner Boyd, Chris Randall in the spine as well. So they chipped in where it mattered. Uh, Brian Kelly is back in jersey number three. So um, I don't think he played last week. I could be wrong there, but I think... Sami could have been on the wing. I'm not sure. Anyway, I don't think he's a real super coach or relevant name. With all due respect uh, to Brian Kelly. Uh, T- Tino has been pretty underwhelming as well. A couple of mid-50 scores. David Fafida, the real super coach name here, just a 40-something last week. Well below uh, what you'd be hoping for if you own David Fafida. For the Cowboys, geez, they've been... Keep using the words like underwhelming, disappointing, and you can probably throw all of those words when you're talking about the Cowboys. Valentine Holmes continues to shine. Um, I say that on the back of his 67 last week in a beaten outfit. I think 67 from your center wing option, that is gun territory. That's premium. That's what you're paying those big dollars for. Uh, Reese Robson again, another big score. 
uh, with an 85 um, last week against the Warriors. I'm just going to look this up here in terms... I know he scored a try last week, Reese Robson, and he scored a couple of tries already, or at least had a try assist in round one. Uh, he scores to start this new year, Reese Robson. 74 in round one, 45 in round two, and 85 in round three. 58 base last week. So, look... Playing 80 minutes, I said that he and Granville could coexist, and I've been happy. I backed my gut here with Reese Robson because outside of Harry Grant, Reese Robson has been the one, I think, and that's the way I was leaning early in the year. I don't see that changing. The Cowboys, they're not winning They're not winning games, or the ones that they are winning, like the one in round one, it was only just, but uh, Robson's still finding a way to chalk up those super coach points, so... I couldn't be happier with Reese Robson and Harry Grant there at number nine for me. Um, we might leave that game there, though. Second game on Saturday. This is going to be a blockbuster, this one. All eyes on the two number ones, Latrell Mitchell and Tommy Trevojevic. This is why you pay the money to go watch the superstars, isn't it? So this one, 7.35 p.m. at Accor Stadium on Saturday night. Uh, Rabbitohs led 10-0 against the Roosters. They just couldn't hang on there. A couple of injuries up front. Uh, last week to Shaq Mitchell and Junior Totola. So um, just looking at their forward makeup here, Saluka Fafida, uh, where's number eight? Tom Burgess in 10. Although I think we saw this earlier in the year where they actually swapped and they started with uh, Davi Moale off the bench. So in the absence of Shaq Mitchell, I think Davi Moale probably could see extra minutes here. I know people actually sold Moale uh, last week. Look, I said don't move your front row forward props, particularly these guys and your Franklin Pele's, because all they need really is two or three good weeks in the 40s. They might score a try, points will come. So I'm happy that he's there, and I wouldn't be shocked if he starts this week as well. Um, in the absence of Shaq Mitchell, who looks to be gone for a couple of months with that Lisk Frank uh, fracture, I think it is. Uh, Jacob Host, he's back on an edge. I don't think he played last week against uh, the Roosters. I don't think he did. I think he's back from a hamstring, uh, or at least keeping Jai Arrow out, who is still out with a hamstring. Uh, for the Seagulls, uh, an unchanged outfit, it looks like. Um, Paseca and Alloway have both taken uh, fines for dangerous tackles against the Eels, so they'll be fit to keep their place. All lies here on Tom Travojevic and Ruben Garrick, really. Uh, Tommy Turbo, I think he's got a break-even of minus 5. I'll, I'll double-check that while I talk. And Ruben Garrick, a break-even of around 30. Um, just quickly on these two, it's not too late to get Tommy. I think this is your week you get him. Obviously, the Manly players with that buy in round 2. This is only their third game. So uh, these two names, Travojevic and Garrick, still yet to have a price rise. Uh, sorry, Tom Travoyevich break even minus 25, owned by 50% of teams. I'm not one of them, not yet anyway. Uh, and just let me quickly have a look at Ruben Garrick. I think his break even is still in the positives. I think it's a 33. It is. A 33. He's projected to score 100 or 95 which with a price rise of, of $54,000. Look, maybe not a 95 against Souths, but even still, I think any... Any score beyond that break-even, and suddenly you're paying more for Garrick next week than what you are this week. And the game next week, this is probably why I'd be inclined to go to Garrick sooner rather than later. They have the Knights in Mudgee uh, next, I think it's next Saturday afternoon. So, Mudgee, we know what that place is like. It's it's always playing dry, hard, and fast. 
3 p.m. that game next Saturday afternoon. Seagulls versus the Knights. This is the week. If you're getting Garrick, this is the week. I probably couldn't put it any any more succinct, more simple than that. I think next week's too late. They play round 13. He's dual position. He's just a player that you're going to want to be with for long parts of this season. So I will be looking very strongly towards the direction of Ruben Garrick. Uh, still on the Seagulls very quickly. Their forward pack relatively unchanged. Josh Schuster still in jersey number six. Uh, plenty of questions around tonight, which we'll get to them in the back end of the podcast around Josh Schuster. Are we concerned that he doesn't have the base of other 5'8s, i.e. Dylan Brown? <sighs> maybe. Maybe a little bit. But a lot of other 5'8s in that price category, they're just quite simply not in a team as good as Schuster. They don't have the artillery around them like a Travojevic or a, a Kelma Tuolangi on that left side. So for me, Schuster is someone who, if you didn't start with him, I think he even may have missed a game. He missed round one. So he's not going up in price this week. If you want to have one more look at him, I wouldn't be against that. But I think much like last week, in, in when I called it moving week last week with the trade boost, I think some others will, will continue to trade boost this week. So uh, Schuster could be a good option there, even downgrading from some of those other falling options at the 2RF slot. Uh, looking in terms of a tip here, topsport.com.au, do I have one? I think Manly are getting a plus four and a half start. So $2.40 outsiders here. The Rabbitohs $1.57 head-to-head. I think in a game, I'd probably have the market a little bit closer than that. I'd probably have it $1.82. Um, so in a game where Manly are getting four and a half, give me, give me the points every day. I think this game is all but a, a pick sort of game. So uh, Manly getting a four and a half start there at $1.90. I think that's the way to go if you are having a punt on that game. Okay, Sunday afternoon, 40, we mentioned it. Uh, the Bulldogs kick us off here. Now, this is 2 p.m. local time, I'm led to believe. No, it's not. 2 p.m. Sydney time. Okay, so a, a later kickoff over there in Auckland. First game back at Mount Smart Stadium for the year uh, for the Warriors. Charles Nicol Cookstar is back from that head knock. Uh, Jackson Ford returns as well from that concussion against the Roosters. Jeez, uh, the, the Warriors have had a lot of head knocks here. Wade Egan out with that concussion suffered against the Cowboys, which sees Freddie Lucky come back in. And Mitch Barnett, after that crusher tackle, he will miss a week here. Uh, Seraldo for the Bulldogs has named an unchanged team. Josh Reynolds, uh, he won't be in jersey number 18 as he was at Belmore last week. And no, still no signs of Tavita Pangai Jr. here. So... Uh, for the Dogs, probably not too many Super Ghost relevant names outside of those cheapies at center wing like your Hayes Perrins or um, I won't call him a cheapie, in fact anything but, but Jacob Karaz, uh, again, was a, a pretty popular trading target last week, had a negative break even, still does here. Uh, I will check this, but he did make a stack of cash last week. Is it too late on Karaz? I'll tell you, he made 77k last week. His break-even still is minus 15, projected to get a 62, which I don't think is out of the realms of uh, the possibilities here. That'd have him at a 700k. 700k prize tag for Jacob Karaz. Um, just a mountain of base stats here. And how could I forget Paul Alamotti as well? Um, another cheapie there at the center wing slot with the 78 score last week. Um, hold on to him. He's not going anywhere. Paul Alamotti on Karaz. Look... At that sort of price, you're a stone's throw, you're 100k, I'll call it, call it a stone's throw, off Ruben Garrick. 
Garrick or Karaz. Garrick for me. I think the jewel helps. Uh, I'm not sure the dogs play round 13. Let me check that. But um, I think that the jewel position certainly helps Garrick come those rounds where we are going to be missing players. So um, Karaz, for what it is worth, and the Bulldogs for that matter, round 13, they have a bye. So that probably helps to answer that question as well. Uh, I know that will be a popular one when we get to the talking points at the back end of the podcast. Uh, okay, still here looking at this weekend's fixtures, uh, though. The 4 p.m. kickoff on Sunday is the Knights and the Raiders. So, uh, again, uh, the Raiders managed to find a win last week against the odds against Cronulla. They were at home, but they weren't the favoured team to get the win on the night. Um, they did so in the absence of Nico Hines. They played some pretty good footy themselves. The Raiders, uh, look... In terms of your supercoach names that jump off the page here, I think maybe not so supercoach relevant, but Josh Papali'i is back. How does that affect or impact, or does it potentially even help Joseph Tarpane, who has had to shoulder much of the load uh, to this point? Hasn't been his dynamic, explosive offloading self yet, Joey Tarpane. So, look, a lot of questions as well, Tarpane or Tohu, um, or Payne Haas even, because of an injury to Ruben Cotter, or looking to upgrade from Stefano Utukamano. I'm going to answer that back into the podcast. Let's, let's keep this rolling for now. Um, of course, Danny Levi's broken jaw sees Zach Wolford starting Jersey 9 and Tommy Starling still to come off the bench. So they like him off the bench, and he was pretty good last week, Tom Starling. Uh, a couple of tries assists against the Sharks. For the Knights... Uh, Lockie Miller, look, he, he produced what we know he could last week against the Dolphins. couple of tries, a score in the 90s as well. Uh, Greg Marju back in jersey number 5 at the expense of Dom Young. He's been pretty poor, Dom Young, uh, defensively at least anyway. And obviously he's moved, uh, well, he will be moving on to the Roosters next year. So, uh, look, maybe there an eye to the future there with Greg Marju in place of Dom Young. We did call out Lachlan Fitzgibbon last week. He did have a, a break-even of minus eight uh, this time last week when we did go to air, and we sort of said, as bad as the Knights have been, he had been a shining light, and he had sort of a couple of tries in the opening weeks, but that's what you get, isn't it, um, with those edge-back rowers. Uh, he made 58K last week, projected to score 58 um, against the Raiders here, and that would see him go up in, a, in another 30-odd thousand dollars there um that break even of 24 of course so look more than achievable that break even the projected score i'm not so sure without a try that he hits those heights here um but every chance again as we sort of said he's on that left edge that favored left side and we saw him link up with miller last week as well so he's always going to be in the picture there uh just the other team news daniel saifidi will play uh, Jaden Braley returns from his head knock, and Tyson Frizzell has been named amongst the uh, reserves. So he will be pushing uh, to make a return from that ankle injury suffered against the West Tigers. Our last game here on Sunday night. Jeez, we got through them quite quickly. Um, actually, before we do, let's just uh, jump back there to the Knights and the Raiders, topsport.com.au. How does Tristan and the boys see that one? Uh, the Knights at home, outsiders, $2.75, and the Raiders, $1.45. The Knights at home getting a six-and-a-half-point start. Um, I think the likes of uh, 
uh, Jackie Whiten and um, Jamal Fogarty there probably a little bit more experienced you could say rather than Hastings and Gamble who just play their if it's not their second it, w- it would be no more than their third game together in the half so um, probably favour the away team there although Knights at home Sunday afternoon footy they will be out there in their numbers the Nova Castrians okay last game here before we start talking teams and trades and uh, a couple of your questions here the local derby and of course we mentioned the likes of Nico Hines returning this week and that's the big news of the week isn't it Nico Hines $900,000 look it's a price tag it is a price tag but people were happy to pay that for Cleary at the start of the year I think there was more question marks around Cleary then there were Hines. Uh, that's why I was happy to go without them both. Even when Hines was injured, it, it didn't lead me to think I needed Cleary. Um, Cleary obviously had a couple of tough games. I think they had the Eels and then they had, uh, not the Eels, rather, the Broncos and then the uh, Rabbitohs. The Eels this week, of course. The buy in between that, a break even for Cleary of 161. He just hasn't fired. The question marks I spoke of are obviously around Appy Coruscant leaving the club, uh, new hooker duos in Kenny and Sonny Luke, and then the impact of Appy Coruscant, uh, rather Viliami Kikau not being there on that left side. So I don't think those question marks exist here with Nico Hines. Just looking at this Sharks team list, I know Nico was injured, but clearly he had a long off-season, obviously went to the World Cup. They, they played the last game of the year right up to the grand final. He played every origin so Nico Hines, I think while he is coming back off an injury, the Sharks wouldn't be rushing him back, I don't think. Uh, Trindle has been good enough there in the seven. Um, the fact that they lost last week wasn't due to Braden Trindle, I'll tell you that. So Nico Hines, would I be diving in at the price? Am I hesitant to? Without saying yes for certain, I think you can get a, a gauge on, on the way I'm feeling about Nico Hines. I don't think there's there's the worry, the concern about the price tag. He is the price tag because he is so good. The Sharks, uh, away from home here. This one at Netstrad at Jubilee Stadium, topsport.com.au. How do they see it? Um, I would think that the Sharks would be narrow favourites here. They are favourites, in fact, more than narrow. $1.50 the Sharks head-to-head. The Dragons, $2.60 outsiders. The line, five and a half. Give me the Sharks at the minus. I think they bounce back here. They're a different team with Nico Hines in it. The Dragons, look, they were competitive for 70 minutes against the Broncos. And to me, that says plenty. I think the Broncos are a very good team. Um, the fact that they were able to score three tries against the Broncos, I think that's probably a credit to how well the Dragons played. Just They, they just clocked off the last 10 minutes. Um, and it coincided with the return of Payne Haas in the field. So I can't, I can't blame the Dragons for falling away late there. They probably shouldn't have conceded the way that they did but the fact they lost the game I don't think you can read a hell of a lot into that Tyrell Sloan will be a popular supercoach name this week um, get to go up in price so again you can make a case maybe of trading a Cam Pereira or a, uh, I'm just trying to think of someone else who's maybe falling or failing there Braden Army maybe at centre wing an option that uh, isn't named this week um, but in terms of Tyrell Sloan, let me just look here. Obviously, he's just played the two games to this point. Uh, 298k, an average of 65.5. He has scored a couple of tries, but a break-even here of minus 41. A projected score of 34 would see him make about 65k. 
If you want the cash, I can't talk you out of it. Tyrell Sloan, dual position as well, so that could come in handy uh, in the middle part of the season when players are missing on rep duty. I'm not going to talk you out of it. It just depends what sort of other pressing issues you have in your team this week. For what it's worth, I couldn't justify it. Um, Probably not too much else to speak of here from the Dragons. Jack Bird in 13. He's been performing pretty strong. I know he had that try assist uh, round two to Blake Laurie. Did he back it up? 53 in base. Look, solid. Center wing option. Um, Again, probably a luxury trade at this point of the year. I couldn't be doing that myself. Um, Just too many good cheap options there. And even looking at the cheapies last week, we've obviously mentioned Hamaso, Tabio Ifedawa, 55, Alamotti, 78, uh, Holmes, my gun, 67, and on the bench, even... um, your Camper errors and such with a 65, all outscored Jack Bird. So, yeah, I think he's a solid option. Uh, whether or not I'd be going that way um, here in round four, probably not, to be honest. Um, okay, so that's it for the eight games this weekend. Obviously, the Roosters with the buy amongst all of that. I'm uh, going to take a quick break on the other side, talk our trade plans this week, at least mine, and answer some of your questions as well. suffering from frequent bouts of bet limititis? Try Topsport. Other providers may significantly limit your bets, causing frustration and angst. Topsport clears that blockage by welcoming big and winning punters, giving you fast, effective relief on those bigger bets. Overcome bet limititis by downloading the Topsport app today. Brought to you by Topsport. Feel the excitement. What are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, call the number on the screen or visit the website. Yeah, that number on your screen, 1-800-858-858. If you are having any dramas, just give it a call um, and gamble responsibly as well. Okay, let's talk some trade plans. Now, just a little bit firing from the hip here tonight. I'm just going to throw up my team on your screens as it was uh, for round three. There it is, fins and tins. So this is how my team lined up last week. Uh, Reese Walsh at fullback. I went a week early on Walsh um, from Teddy, so I know that will be a popular trade move this week. Sorry. Um, Paul Alamotti, Valentine Holmes, Joseph Suwali, E. Hamaso, Tabuai Fidel in the center wings. Josh Schuster and Sam Walker in the halves. In the front row, Christian Welch and Reuben Cotter. Harry Grant was my captain at number nine. In the back row, Teague Wilton, Jacob Preston, Jermaine Hopgood. Uh, Hopgood was actually my vice captain, so... Look, glad I didn't have to consider looping because I probably would have copped Warbricks 10 off my bench. So um, even 14, even if that was the case, if he went 120, I would have been hesitant. You're going to need a real big score to be able to loop this time of year. AJ Brimson was uh, one of my playing reserves. So to Adam Dewey, Jerome Hughes, Jerome Hughes, and Reese Robson. So... Look, I was pretty happy with the way I scored. As I said, I scored a hundred, uh, sorry, one thousand, uh, one hundred and five, one thousand one hundred and five. I had seven hundred and fifty-six thousand in the bank with forty-two trades remaining. So, look, as we go to wear tonight, I'll be honest. I haven't made my trades yet. I haven't settled yet. Uh, I will confirm these in the lead up to kickoff on Thursday night. We do it every week. If you havenven't followed us on Instagram, I don't know what you're doing at Supercoach365. Follow us there because that's where you will get our final team. And while we're talking about Instagram, Wednesday night it could be our best post of the week. Um, our regular post, our captain's call. We put up the best captaincy options 
of the week. Uh, we do it every Wednesday around 9.30, 10 p.m. Sydney time. Um, for what it's worth, look, if you're going to follow, if you're going to read one of our posts during the week, this is the one. Uh, on your screens here, you'll see it. This is a post from last week. Uh, Tommy Trevojevic, uh, of course, scored 103. Hopgood, look, the less said about him, the better. Um, but Tommy Trevojevic, Harry Grant, and Reese Walsh were three of the four that we mentioned here. Three of them scored 100. So, you know what I mean? That's that's the place where you get your good oil on a Wednesday night before our final team list on the Thursday. Um, my early trade thoughts. A lot of it will come down to whether or not Jerome Hughes is suspended at the judiciary tonight. Um, I'm just reading here, NRL.com. So, still no news on Jerome Hughes yet. If Hughes is out, obviously I have Hughes and Walker both not playing this week. So it makes that decision to go to Nico Hines almost a no-brainer. Um, you just have to take the risk for mine. As I sort of said, there's not those question marks, the same ones around Hines as there were Cleary to start the year. Trusting my gut. I think Nico is... you got to get him. got to get him this week. Um, think of it. If it was round one, you'd be, you'd be playing with him. You'd want to be playing with Nico Hines. You'd find a way. Same as for Reese Walsh last week. Look... People said I went a week early. At halftime, it probably wasn't looking great against the Dragons, but you go early on these players that you feel can take you to places that other players can't. Reese Walsh is certainly one of them. Nico Hines is even well and truly more so. So um, other names here, obvious ones that I'll be getting in this week, Tom Trevojevic. Um, probably looking to shift on Brimson. Potentially, I could I could even get rid of a, a Matt Dury if he's an out on Thursday. So again, I might not be making these trades until the Panthers uh, Eels team list come out at 7 p.m. on on Thursday night. So via the duels, I could get rid of Dury, shift Schuster up to two RF, Brimson to five eighth, and then have Tommy Turbo there. So a bit of action for one trade. I'm also really big on Garrick. Now I did boost last week and. Would I use two boosts in a row, knowing that we do only have five the whole year and I would have spent two inside the first month? I, I said from earlier in the year, I'm just going to trust my gut on all of these moves. My instinct tells me I want Garrick. I definitely want Turbo and I definitely want Nico Hines. I could save the boost and not have Garrick this week. But as I sort of said when we're doing the Manly Rabbitohs uh, preview, you're paying more for him next week anyway. So, look, you can... Juggle all of that and come up with your own answers. As I sort of said, a lot of these trade moves will depend on the success or failure of Jerome Hughes at the judiciary tonight. Early thoughts on captains for this week. It's going to be very tough. Um, would you captain Nico Hines in that last game against the Dragons? Definitely has to be an option. I don't think it's the best fixture necessarily for Turbo and Garrick this week at the Rabbitohs. Saturday night, there is a bit of rain around Sydney this week, so it could be a wet, slippery ball. The Rabbitohs, they're going to pressure um, Schuster, no doubt. So I don't know if I love that game for the Seagulls. Nico, possibly an option Sunday night. Harry Green, it's hard not to be with him early in the week against his old club. And if that's the case, you probably just have to leave the, the vice-captaincy on a hop good on Thursday against the Panthers. So, look, as we sort of said uh, there as well, all of our captain's options, our best thoughts around your double-point plays will be on our Instagram on Wednesday night. So probably today, as you listen to this, on a Wednesday, recording on a Tuesday, of course, but uh, check our Instagram on Wednesday night, first thing Thursday morning as well. Uh, you'll find it there. 
Now, a um, bit of a shorter episode tonight. Just going to find some of these questions via our Instagram DMs. There are a couple here, so I might be able to spend a little bit more time on this uh, tonight. Okay, uh, Rugby League on Instagram. All of this, of course, via the DMs. We put this up on a Tuesday on our Instagram. You can hit us here. No voice messages this week, which I'm shocked because that segment's been flying. <clears throat> okay, um, Rugby League says here, would you trade Cam Murray for a mid-back rower for cash or trade Val to Sloan? I'd probably be trading Cam Murray. I don't know his break-even. And look, forgive me, I'm a little bit hampered tonight without my little mate uh, who usually sort of plugs the gaps here around break-evens and such on these questions. But Cam Murray, I don't know. Without knowing for certain, I know Rabbitohs have a heap of injuries there, so he's probably going to play bigger minutes and ask to be run the ball, uh, run, run first and pass second. Sorry is what I was trying to get out there. I don't, I don't want to trade any of those guys out, if I'm honest. If you, if they are both bleeding cash, one more than the other, I'd probably trade Cam Murray. Even shift up his Schuster to 2RF and open up the door for a Munster at 5.8, if you can go about it that way. Alex Brigo says, is it safe to stay with Matty Burton? I'm going to say no. And probably for the same reason as to why I didn't start the year with him. He's just... I'm not sure on Matt Burton as a super coach player. I'm really not sure on him. He had a great game. You watch that game. If you didn't know the way the Supercoach scoring worked, and if you just watched that game against the West Tigers, you would have thought he scored 100 Supercoach points. Uh, I think he got a 69, or at least he was definitely in the 60s. I'll check. Um, 76. Okay, he's upgraded 76. If, if that's as good as he can play and score a 76... I don't think he's got the big score in him of that 100-plus, you know, like your Munsters, your Browns. I don't think he's got that, so I could be proven wrong, but I'd probably be happy to go around Matt Burton. I don't think as a non-owner I'm going to be as burnt by not having Burton as I would eventually Munster, Brown, even a Cody Walker at different stages still. You have to have him in the conversation, so no, leave me out of Matty Burton there. Jack Priv says, sell Dewey or Murray to Hines. He's holding Cleary. Okay. Um, look, different way of approaching it here in terms of cashing out. I'd probably go Murray. I know Dewey's been moved to fullback. That could make him better. That could make him even better. Um, probably should look at Cam Murray's break even while I think about all of this because um, obviously Cam is, is bleeding a bit of cash this week. Um, so in short, Dewey or Murray to Hines, I'd probably go... I'd be selling Murray. I just think, like, Dewey was pretty horrible against the Bulldogs. But in saying that, you know he's going to be kicking goals. Um, he's a run-first sort of player. Getting back to fullback and, and playing a bit of, you know, ball playing and running at a, a broken or at least a staggered defensive line, it could be better for him at fullback. Cam Murray's break even 115. Projected to lose 41k, he lost 36k last week. So okay, there's there's reason there to move Murray on. Um, the Tigers draw though, I'd have to check that. For me, as a as a Dewey owner, I'm happy to hold him this week. He he hasn't even come into my thoughts to trade him out. Okay, uh, Minnow17 says I really think Kiraz is the new Teddy or RTS. Look. Two of those names you mentioned there were 200, 250 plus meters per game. Even Roger used to pump 300s on occasions, didn't he? Um, Kiraz, look, he probably doesn't have the ceiling in terms of 
try scoring try assists of those other two and, and that they've had in different stages throughout their career but certainly I can't knock his base involvement so I think he got a 68 in pure base the other day Jacob Carraz speaking of Roger and Teddy he's actually leading the Dally M so a couple of Dally M winners there in uh, Tedesco and RTS as well uh, a couple of other ones here Mitch 1983B says no one's talking about Munster Look, I watched an Instagram live video. He he was live on Tuesday, rather Monday night with uh, Ryan Pappenhausen. The two were opening some footy cards um, in one of their side hustles they got going on down there. Munster wasn't confident. A lot of questions coming in. Was he going to play round four or round five? And he said, oh, look, I'll probably be back next week, maybe this week. Pazette's still there in the extended squad. As we sort of said, I'm, I'm still refreshing this here, um, NRL.com, around Jerome Hughes. I'm, I just want to know if he is, uh, if he has been suspended yet. No, it's actually um, Fletcher Baker who's in the chair now anyway. So we won't get to the Hughes news before the end of the pod. Um, look, I hope Munster plays, but no one's talking about him. There could be a good reason for that. Uh, SGH Beck says here, Sloan cash grab. I said, I couldn't talk you out of it. If you need cash... I mean, no one can have too much money in this world, be it Supercoach or uh, or otherwise. You can't have too much money. Sloan cash grab. If that's what you need, you do that. Okay, Bosco Harris 14 says, is it worth it to own both Nico and Cleary? I mean, is it worth it? Probably not. I think... Um, I'm just going to have a look here at, at Cleary's break-even one more time. Is it 170? 160? Nico, you know he's, you know what he's coming here. Question around Nico is: Would you go knowing that he has a buy in a couple of weeks' time, and you're going to have that 900k sitting on your bench potentially, about to bleed clash, uh, cash like Cleary here? Uh, Cleary's break even 161, projected score of 30. Look, he'll beat that. He'll beat that against the Eels. Um, so he won't be losing his projected um, losses of 113, but. 161. He's pro- he's probably losing some cash this week, and he's he's a very good chance to. He he could have had a couple of hundreds really to start the year. As a non-owner, I was terrified to watch him the opening two weeks, knowing that all it was going to take was one big score. He went within a whisker of scoring 120, 130 on both occasions. He was playing good footy, just didn't translate. Is it worth it to own both Nico and Cleary? I'm going to say no. I can't. I wouldn't be diving into Cleary this week. And if you've got him, it's a pretty easy sell to Nico. Save your cash there. Riley Milton Four says, "Should I trade Garrick for Karaz now, or get him for Meany next week?" Karaz, Karaz. I don't have him, right? So I can probably speak from someone who watched him last week. I was terrified before the game of not owning him. During the game, I wasn't really that worried because the Bulldogs, they're so left-side dominant. Um, you obviously saw the impact that Addo Carr had, Alamotti had, uh, Matty Burton. As I said, it was probably one of his better games in a Bulldogs jersey. He's got the base points, don't get me wrong, and he had that massive score against the Storm. What was that, 140-odd? Um, should you get him for Garrick? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be trading you know, one for the other. Well, I think Riley says here he owns Garrick and, and going to Karaz. No. Keep Garrick, mate. Come on. Jai Christie 1 says, Adam Reynolds and Reese Walsh a must-have. I don't think that either of them are a must-have. I think Walsh was a, a luxury to have last week. Um, 
He'll be one of the most traded in players this week. I'm glad I went him a week early. Was I worried when he was on zero at half time? Yeah, I was. But at full time, I mean, that's why you buy those players because of that, that ability to score quick. Adam Reynolds, would I buy him? Probably not. I think that as, as good as Reynolds is in real life, um, I know he got a ton last week with a couple of trices. I'm just hesitant. I just, I wouldn't want to have too many Broncos assets, particularly in the spine. Like I could justify a Walsh and a Payne Haas or a Carrigan, or even um, if you were going left field at center wing, a, a Herbie Farnworth or a Staggs. Would I want both Walsh and Reynolds and being so Broncos dependent? Probably not. Um, so are they must-haves? No, if I'm picking one or the other, I'm probably going Walsh just to stay with the pack. And there's other options there at halfback around uh, Adam Reynolds. Uh, another one here, Adam Reynolds for three or four weeks. Then you go to Hines. Draw is juicy and Sharks have the bye. I think the last two questions, or two of the last three questions could answer that. Um, that one from Cam Moon. Uh Again, I just go to Hines. I just go to Hines. Not underscore how he says here. Is Dewey a sell with his break-even in the Tigers' form? And if so, is Schuster the answer to pocket some cash? Probably. But I already own Schuster, so I wouldn't want to be going from a Dewey to a Katoa. Like, we saw Katoa was pretty lucky to finish with 50-odd or high 40s the other day with that late try assist against the Knights. Um, I'd be happy just to keep Dewey. I want to see what he's got one week at fullback. He's got a break-even of 101. If he bleeds 30k this week, then you move him on. It's not panic stations to have one more look at him. Storm haven't been that good, to be honest. Can Dewey score 100? 100% he can. We saw what he could do week one against the Titans at Leichhardt. He's got that big score in him. He's a run-first sort of player. His passing game has been off this year. At fullback, gets every chance to show us what he truly can do. Uh, Wal Bundy here says, Val Holmes to Garrick. Uh, if you can make them both work somehow, I'd prefer that. If you wanted to go one or the other, the Cowboys, they just haven't been the Cowboys that I was hoping them to be this year. Valentine Holmes, uh, pretty, pretty poor effort the other day from the Cowboys, all in all. Val still managed to get a 67, a break-even of 94 this week against the Titans. At home to the Titans, no. I'd be keeping Val, to be honest. Even knowing that Garrick has such a good couple of weeks coming up, um, I think it's a bit sideways for me. Okay, some other ones here. Uh, Max Freeman says, I'm dropping Teddy for Walsh this week. Look, that was the move. I think the move was last week. Um... Maybe I got lucky. I got lucky. Um, but in saying that, I think I think that that was the play last week. You're not chasing last week's points by getting Walsh. Just trust your gut. Uh, Johnny Renara says, keep anti-potting Grant and get Hines or just grab that, grab that turd, that dirty storm turd. Look, I like Harry Grant. He's done me a great job. You see him there, proudly sitting on uh, the fins and tins. Team list tile, as you see it on YouTube here. Do you get Harry Grant? Look, people were salty that he scored at a late minute, a last minute try in Golden Point against uh, the Eels in round one. 830 odd K. That's why you pay the money for him, because he is so good. He's averaged 90 after three weeks. 
back at home here against the Tigers, it looks a hard fixture not to own Harry. Um, would you would you anti-pot him to get Hines? Probably not. And that says a lot, because you know how big I am on Hines at the moment. I'd, I actually probably prefer Grant's. If you don't own Grant, I think he's more of a priority than Hines. Again, sort of talking through my own team here. Okay, uh, Dan Sharpie, we've got a couple of more questions here. We'll finish with maybe two or three more. Dan Sharpie says, considering both the draws and break-evens, is Teddy to Walsh a good move? Yes, watched last week's podcast. Adam Blundell says, Nico Hines comes straight in. Thank me later, boys. Adam, I think this is why we, you're such a big fan of this podcast and why I'm such a big fan of you. We just see things the same. Nico, if he comes straight in, you, you're not going to be disappointed. Uh, another one here, Holmes to Garrick. No. Don't get me wrong, I think Garrick's a great option. But would I do that exact trade, Holmes to Garrick? No. That one from Anthony Dallas. Uh, okay. Uh, two more here from the Tiger Shark podcast. Uh, another Supergoats podcast. You can head on over and listen to them at the end of this. Uh, is it worth using a trade for Cotter to Haas or wait? Yeah, I'd be using a trade. Personally, my team, I think I can find a way around it this week, just running Davy Moali there at starting prop, um, just because I think there's other pressing issues there. Um, so I wouldn't personally, but I wouldn't be against it if that's the way you want it to go. And uh, one more here before we wrap this up. Nolan Clark says, Who is more important to have this week, Jacob Preston or Payne Haas? This week alone, I'd be saying Jacob Preston. I think he's about 302k. Looks to have shored up that right edge spot at the Bulldogs. Break even of minus 62. He's a try scorer. He's made $100,000 last week. Projected score of 47 here to make another 100,000. All right, we're going to leave it there. Thank you to uh, everyone who's listened. Bit of a different podcast tonight at Supercoach365, right across the socials. That's where you'll get our final trades and teams for this week. On behalf of Tommy and myself, thanks for following along, listening again this week. See you next week.